an Arsenal podcast. I'm your host Tez. You can find me at Guna Tez. You can also find Clock End Talk at Clock End underscore Talk. This week I am without Tony because he is um, busy doing other stuff and living a bit of a life or something to do with bowing out of Europa League and the, the man hasn't picked himself up off the floor yet. So I've got Darren with me today. How are you Darren? Okay. Chaz, I can't believe you've, you've banned Tony. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting on the sideline. you dropped Tony. <laughs> Tony has been ever-present. Every podcast, Tony's here. And now you've just had enough of him and you just <laughs> drop him, you discard him, you just cast him aside. <laughs> Disgraceful behaviour. <laughs> should I say the, should yeah, I say the Mustafi? Fine. The Mustafi of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> also, we did have or may have Addy coming on, but he's running a bit late. And I said to Darren, "Oh fuck it, let's start without him." So um, Addy might might pop in a bit later. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, um, fairness, we have started ten minutes early. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We did say one time, and then we're ten minutes early. So all good. <laughs> okay, look, it, it's been a. A very interesting week uh, for Arsenal this week, and I was going to do a podcast after the Europa League bailout, but I just felt, Darren, we needed a bit of time to to just stay calm, settle, and uh, gain our thoughts back a bit, mate. Yeah, it was uh, it was a strange, you know, situation because the manager Mikel Arteta absolutely went as strong as he could possibly go. We did the hard work, winning one nil away from home. And, you know, I was in the stadium and it was a full house and the crowd were good. The Greek fans were even better, I must say. Uh, but it, it felt like it was going to be job done. There was never really a point where you felt this was going to go wrong until it went wrong. <laughs> you know, it was... Uh, we. But I think it sort of just showed that, you know... And no matter how much we like Arteta and what he's doing to the club, we're still not there. You know, we still didn't have a shot until I think the 75th minute in that game. We we still huffed and puffed a lot, but it didn't look, you know, that good. We were never that convincing. Uh, unlike last night, which we'll get onto the FA Cup, I'm sure, after this. But what did you think, Tez? I mean, uh, did, did you worry? When did you start to worry that we weren't going to go through? Uh, I'll be honest. I... Um... I had to go uh, midway through extra time, and I thought, oh, sweet, we've got this wrapped up, it's, it's all good. Um, I then jumped on and went, oh, my fucking God, what has happened in the last five or ten minutes? Um, I've see seen a lots and lots of criticism against the Bemiang, uh missing one. I'm missing a sitter. It's you know it's been banter FC all week. <laughs> is this, it's a it's a pity Tony's not on, isn't it? Because I don't know those of you on Patreon may have caught the argument that me, Tony, and uh, Tez had after the podcast finished. It was really worth your three dollars a month or whatever you have to pay because we 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 just were tying up and then we just started talking about who should be you know. The, who was the best striker we had and, and Bambi Yang was like number one and then Tez said no Van Persie was number one and I thought 
that cunt, never. So I started singing the praises of Ian Wright and said, look, Aubameyang's not even that good. <laughs> you know, Ian Wright piss all over him. And we ended up arguing for about a good 25 minutes after the two-hour podcast. We it was a on. long, long podcast. And I just sort of feel like I want to say to Tony, Wrighty would have banged that in. <laughs> he would have. That's why he's not a hero state. I, I knew you were waiting for that. You were just waiting for this opportunity, weren't you, to think, yep, yeah, he's missed one, you fucking beauty. <laughs> yeah, no, look, you know, Ted's really joking aside, it was, it was, it was so sad because we, you know, we, it was, it's always hard when that away goal, I think the away goals rule was brought in, you know, when I was a kid to yeah. stop negativity, stop teams going away from home and just trying to play for a draw. Uh, football's changed a lot and although you know it just seems like that's a bit of a strange rule now because teams do try and come and attack um and and but it's always a frightening thing if you know if they get one then we've got to get two and it's it, it just feels sort of a strange way to play football and uh when that once they scored you know that was that was it and, you, and yet we still had a chance to nick it right at the end and em, the emirates you know, we all talk about how fabulous Highbury was and we talk about what great nights there were there. And of course, you know, the club was there for 100 years. There's going to be big nights. We've been at the Emirates now for, what, 15 years? I don't know, give or take. I don't know. Um, we haven't really had any big nights there. We haven't had any big successes. You know, we've, we we got to the Champions League semi-final, I think, against Manchester United, if I remember, 1-0 down in the first leg. And I've never been to the Emirates where it's been so up for a... Tony will probably correct me now and tell me it was a fucking Tuesday night in fucking at, at, at Highbury and I got it all wrong. <laughs> Uh, just remember we turned up at the Emirates and the crowd was singing and all up the bridge and across the bridge and up the stairs towards the stadium everyone was going mad we're, we're going to beat United and go through to the Champions League final and I think Rooney scored in the first five minutes and he just killed it that's it we're 2-0 down away goal and we had to score three but there's I can't remember many big nights beating Leicester last last minute when we were going for the title that year with them yeah. uh, uh, you know great games a couple of great games against Spurs but actually sort of really big nights where we're we're going to win something we just haven't had any and and that was a chance to really make some history and who knows you know it's only the last 16 in the Europa League it may have gone nowhere but it might have just been the start of having one of those big days and we just haven't had one yet mm-hmm. gutted yeah look and, and, and I'll, I'll pick your brain in a second um, uh, the, look there was one other thing that came out of that game that I noticed and look we all go to Twitter and we have a squizzy at what everybody's thinking because we might have different thoughts to others uh, I've seen probably the most criticism I've seen of Lacazette yet I, I, I've seen criticism this season of him and hey I agree with everybody and what you're saying about Lacazette your thoughts though Darren was he as poor as people are saying uh, you know, I, I just don't get Arsenal fans. Well, we're always looking for something to complain about. Do you know, really, um, I see, you know, the previous game um, where Leno let in a goal that might have been his mistake and I saw lots of calls for Martinez and lots of things on Twitter saying Leno's not good enough. He's the best goalkeeper we've had at the club for a long time and he's a, a 25, 26-year-old kid who's doing his best, always, uh, you know, on top of his game, and yet the crowd decide they hate him. The same as with Lacazette. He was our player of the year last year. 
he doesn't become the worst player in the world uh, nine months in, but we seem to just want to find something to criticise. You know, the abuse that Aubameyang got. Look, Aubameyang missed a sitter at the end of the game, and do you think he meant to? Do you know, it, it, let's just think these players aren't the best, as I said last week. They're, you know, we haven't got any great players. That was what I meant. Not really world class. We've got a lot of very good players. I don't think we've got any great players. You know, just because they're not great world class players, why do we have to just criticise all the time? I just don't get it. I mean, and I'm not saying it's perfect. I get me moans about players. We've all got our favourites and we've all got players that we don't like. But why does, you know, suddenly Lacazette from being the Arsenal player of the year, and there's some fabulous names on that trophy, suddenly we've decided he's not good enough. And, do you know, maybe he's not, and maybe he won't be playing at the club next year. But it isn't a reason to to just criticise him. And I will say that it is a lot more online than at the game. When he gets got substituted the week before last, he got a standing ovation as he walks off the pitch, you know, for his effort and his work rate. And that means so much when you're paying, yeah, 40, 50 pounds a week to go and, or a fortnight to go and watch Arsenal. All you really want is for him to give everything. You know, put their art on their sleeves, wear, you know, that badge with pride and put in a, a shift. And he does that. And, you know, it doesn't mean he may not have the best game. He may not be on top form. But at least he gives everything. And that's all I ask as a fan. That's all I ask. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to be negative because it's been a negative fucking week, OK? Um, but I have to ask the question. Uh, who, who are we... Look, are we... Someone's, someone's got to be accountable for, obviously, us bowing out of, out of um, Europa League. A lot of people have... have well, a lot of non-Arsenal fans have pointed the finger at Aubameyang for missing the goal. Uh, a lot of Arsenal fans are pointing the finger at Lacazette. Um, you know, is it factors? A, a few of a few have mentioned Arteta, and I'm thinking, oh, really, come on, we're going to go there. Um, where are you putting the? You know, and I know you don't want to point the blame at one person, but but where's your thoughts on who's the blame for us being out of Europa League? Tez, I said on last week's podcast that the Champions League and the Europa League are cup competitions. You know, Liverpool won the the Champions League. I mentioned this, what, six years ago when they won the Champions League, uh, you know, that that game where they were 3-0 up, you know, 3-0 down, whoever, uh, won it on penalties. Um, That, that, uh, Liverpool that year were the fifth best team in England. You know, they didn't even qualify for the Champions League. Uh, the Champions League and the Europa League are cup competitions. It's a knockout competition. Not always the best team wins. You know, there is blame. Of course, you know, blame. It's a, it's a, it's a very general word. The manager put out his best side available. The players worked really hard to this system that they were put out in. But it wasn't good enough. We didn't play very well. We, we took 75 minutes before we created a chance. We were a little bit unsure whether to stick or twist. We were 1-0 up with an away goal. Do you really go all out when you're winning with that score? No, you sort of hold back a little because cause you don't need to. You just need to see the game out. And, you know, it, it is one of those situations where... Who's to you know to blame? Why do we have to blame someone? Everyone wanted a win. We were probably the better team over the two legs, but not by much. That's where we are at the moment. That is where Arsenal are. European competition's difficult, and it's a cup competition, and we just didn't get the rubber to green. I've just you know I mean, 
I've just seen Liverpool get knocked out of the uh, out of yeah, the FA Cup by yeah, by Chelsea, Chelsea tonight. Chelsea battered them. You know, mm-hmm. does that mean? Does that mean Jurgen Klopp's a cunt? Does that mean Jurgen Klopp doesn't know what he's doing? Does that mean there's some blame at Liverpool tonight when those players should be held up against a wall and shot one by one because they went out to a team that's <laughs> in fourth place in the Premier League? You know, I, I get where you're. I get where you're coming from, but but. Uh, well, where do you put the blame? Where do you put? The well, blame? well, I don't. I, I agree as well. I don't know who you blame because for me it's so hard because you've got to. I hate blaming one, but you've got to point the finger at a few Arsenal players there um, who, who I didn't think, you know, I didn't think Lacazette had a great game. Um, I, I don't think David Luiz had a great game. Hector Bellerin didn't have a great game. Sabias, I don't think, had a great game. So, look, and I'm, I don't want to point the finger at one, but um, when you're coming up a team like that, I just, they're no world beaters, are they? You know, it's not a PSG, it's it's not an Inter Milan, it's not a it's not a Manchester United, it's not a Chelsea, as you mentioned, with Liverpool. I'm not sure where this team are coming in their league, but I don't think they're a well they're they're you know that they're world beaters. They actually, I just look, they are winning their league, um, and well in front of winning their league, but. I don't. Tess, Tess. I, I don't know I'll tell if they're world class. Team, that's Tess, all. Uh, yeah. do you remember the Arsenal team? We always talk about the Invincibles. For me, the best team was two years before that. You know, the Invincibles was a great side, obviously. But the side two years before that, uh, for me, my 45 years of watching Arsenal was the best team ever. Mm. You know, around around that, you know, 2004... Uh, 2002 team that you know that period was great we got to one Champions League final what 2006 was it I don't um you know we in the Champions League that year when we were by far and away the best team in Europe by far and away we were winning our league with style we were beating everyone who was put in front of us that year we went away to Chelsea in the semi-final of the Champions League I was at the game lucky enough you know I think it was a 1-1 draw but we controlled the game you know we'd got the away goal Uh, it was a draw we didn't even push for it let's take them back to Highbury and we'll just destroy them and you know we went to I think it was two new up one nil up very quickly this was a a team that could score goals for fun Chelsea got an equaliser I think it ended 2-2 Chelsea got an equaliser with five minutes to go. We're knocked out of the Champions League. Do you know, it was devastation. We didn't go, oh, that Wenger's a cunt. Oh, those players are cunts. Do you know, and that was a great side. Let's face facts. This isn't a great side, this Arsenal side now. It's not a great side. It's, look, uh, yeah, I, I, look, I see what you're saying, but like, I, I was sitting, uh, a mate of mine came over, right? And he, he doesn't follow football, he doesn't follow any sports really oh, a bit of motorsports but anyway uh, he was sitting down watching the game with me just because I'm such a lovely bloke he just wanted my company <laughs> but but so we're sitting there and look it's it's on early in the morning here so we're sitting there having a cup of coffee and he said fuck you fire and up and I said well mate <laughs> we should be beating this team I said plus we're at home he said I don't understand the two teams he said can you explain it to me I said well to Europa League um, game I said uh, you know, this is the second leg. It goes over two legs, away goals and things like that. So I explained it all to him. But then I said to him, I said, but Arsenal, the team are probably worth close to $600 million of players 
if you were to sell all players, maybe 700 mil of player sales. I said the team that we're playing up against is probably worth 100 million. I said that whole team. I said that's type of the only way I could put it in in perspective for him to understand that how good Arsenal was up against this other team. And he went, shouldn't you be winning then? And I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that's the case, then um, Manchester United would probably win the Europa League every, you know, this season because they, their team's worth more than ours. You know, uh, it, it, it doesn't work like that. Leicester would never. Oh, have won I know the it doesn't. League title I know it doesn't work ago. like that. But I'm, but like for him to understand it, I was saying like this is what you know, like uh, okay, look, uh, I follow Sydney FC. Like one, uh, you know, one player. Um, a four million dollar player is worth more than the whole of Sydney FC, and then we go and play in Asia. Like it's uh, so. What I was trying to put it on as terms of how he might understand. Um, you know, if Sydney FC come up against Arsenal, well, you'd expect us. Yeah. You expect Sydney FC to get beat five nil. Yeah, it says. Uh, look, I don't want to paint a picture that I I walked out of the stadium on Thursday night going, oh, never mind. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I was fucking devastated. You've got to remember that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I might I might sound like, you know, it's only a game, it's an FA Cup. I was there. I spent all my life following Arsenal. I've said this many times. <laughs> yep. Is that I don't, I'm not religious. I've never been brought up with any religion in my life whatsoever. My parents uh, took, took me to be christened when I was a baby and the, the church said, no, you don't come to church. Fuck off. So, you know, my parents didn't bring me up with any religion. My dad was a mad Arsenal fan, and that became my religion. That's where I go every other week throughout my life, every weekend for, you know, for 45 years, wherever I've been in the world. I have followed Arsenal, whether that's listening to a radio, listening to the world service of the BBC at six o'clock in the morning uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles, where I was living, uh, on my honeymoon, the second night, listening to us on a fucking 80 pounds it cost me fucking 20 years ago to listen to Arsenal get beat 3-2 by Bournemouth on a fucking crackly dial-up connection uh, by Bolton, sorry. Uh, I love this club. I didn't just fucking watch us lose and go, oh, that's all right, never mind. I was <laughs> devastated. Okay, well, that's good, that's good. Because <laughs> you worry you know, when you're I, talking, I, I think, well, fuck, doesn't he really care? <laughs> all I'm saying is, is that I don't see that the players didn't try, I didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see that they, they weren't playing for the manager like we did see under the, the end of the Emery regime and at the end of the Wenger regime. I didn't see any of that. I saw us not really being a very good football team and we got caught out because we didn't really know what to do. And we've got a very inexperienced manager and that's that's a big problem because uh, he's got to learn on the job. And I'm delighted that he's in charge now. I'm absolutely 100% because I think yeah, me and you agree. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and you weren't too sure on this. Why did a club of the stature, stature of Arsenal employ somebody who's got no experience? I think me and you absolutely agree 100% on this. But after watching him last night in the FA Cup, I am ready to marry him and have his children. You know, yeah, I just, yeah. just, just, I'm going to give him every chance. No, I agree, I agree with everything you said. Look, I'm going to move on because um, we've already discussed <laughs> for the last 15 minutes on Europa League and it's a kind of a thing to get through. So let's just, let's move on now to um, FA Cup, uh, Ports, Portsmouth. 
Now, yeah, yeah, Paul's mouth. You don't Paul's have to say mouth. mouth. It's mouth. Okay. Yeah, right. Eh? <laughs> I know it's pronounced. I know it's spelt mouth. Yep. But uh, we won't correct you on your your English. Uh, on your Australian <laughs> pronunciations. <laughs> it's Paul's mouth. Paul's mouth. Okay. Um, now, look, it was interesting for me here because you know you've seen us come out of Europa League. We've failed, and we've fallen out of that competition. Now, I expected changes. And to see the amount of changes we got in the FA Cup, I really thought, I, for me, and we talked about who do we blame and whatnot, for me, this was Arteta saying, hey, you fellas fucked up, you fucking, we're out of Europa League, now we're going to give these young blokes a go in FA Cup. Is that the way you read it, or did you think we just need change? There was too many, you know, too close games within a couple of days and things. No, I mean I'm. I'm uh, we, we had we had a you know it's a Thursday night or a, um, against uh, Olympiacos. This was a Monday night game. This, you know, it's a, we normally play Thursday Sunday, so there was an extra twenty four hours of rest, and we're not playing West Ham until the Saturday. Uh, I don't know. I, w- I looked at that team selection and I was shocked. Uh, I thought, what the fuck's he doing? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I hadn't I'm, really. I'm I, didn't, I didn't didn't know why. Uh, it, it seemed like it was a dead rubber, and he just uh, he just decided, you know, like um, this. I'm, I'm saving everyone for the for the league game, and mm. I'm still not sure that that isn't the reason. Mm. It's almost like he has said, right? Well, let's work on the West Ham game. We now need to finish in the top four. FA Cup is superfluous. I hope not. I really hope not. But it's either exactly what you say, that he's just told them all, right, you lot, fuck off. You just let me down, big style. Mm. I'm going to give the kids a chance. Or he's just dismissing the FA Cup and he's throwing all of his eggs now into the league basket. I mean, what do you think now? You've seen them play and you've heard him talk. Well, well, I didn't listen to his press after it, but but I, I watched the game um after fucking trying to find it, but anyway, <laughs> um, I, I watched the game and, uh, mate, look, they, the, the the kids stood up. Um, the, the, well, when I say kids, I, I thought Pablo's first game in an Arsenal shirt was really good. It was really good to watch him because I know absolutely nothing about him. So that was good. Um, I thought Socrates played an outstanding game. Um, you know, and, and then Willock. I, I thought Willock, Nelson, uh, Martinelli. Like, I don't know if there was many. Okay, if you want to point the finger to Era, might have been a little bit under, but other than that, mate, it was a good game. I don't know much about Portsmouth. So, I, I what are they? League, League One, League Two, or Championship? I think I they're know. in League. They're League One, third place, I think, and. They were on an incredible run. I think they'd won something like 19 of their last home games and or 10 of their last home games and unbeaten in 19. They put on a huge run. Mm-hmm. Uh, they rested their two strikers yesterday because they've got a huge game next next uh, weekend. But they're on they're a lower class side yep. in amazing form. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's, so that's what, where they were when we took them on. But they are League One. They're two divisions below us. Below, okay. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing I wasn't sure of. Um, I didn't have time to sit there and research who they were. But the other thing was the team that they put out. Uh, you know, where's that on par with the team we put out? Is that would you say the team we put out is still far far better than what they 
put out. So that was the other thing I wasn't sure of. I mean, you look at our side. We're, we've got David Luiz, you know. Well, has he won the World Cup? <laughs> you know, he's a, a David Luiz right up there. Socrates, you know, seen and done everything. Um, yeah, the yeah. new guy, Murray, obviously great pedigree. He's got, you know, we've just signed him. He's, he's, he's our big signing from the summer. Uh, you know, these are these are key players, and then the best of the youngsters that we've got in the side, the best of everyone. Look, Tess, I've got to lay my cards on the table here. I enjoyed watching last night more than I think I've watched watching Arsenal for the last two seasons. Well, I loved it because this. Um, I think I mentioned it, you know, the podcast before last I was on, which was about six months ago, thanks to you and you banning me. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched that last night, and that's where I see the, where Arsenal are going to be possibly next year, because I can see both Young and Lacazette leaving the club. They may not, but I can see them leaving the club because yeah. of their contract situations and because of, of where we are in the Champions League, um, you know, or lack of Champions League football. I, I, you know, we. Y- y- you look at that. Is is the future of Arsenal? All of them played last night. Genduzi, uh, Martinelli, uh, Saka, uh, Nelson, uh, and Ketia. You know these. Terreira even. You know these are these are the young spine of the team. It's the youngest team Arsenal put out for years, uh, and yet. And and I don't know what stream you managed to watch last night. It was on BT Sport here last night. The commentators, I missed the first five minutes of the game because um, I, I'm sure it was on Arsenal. Website. I saw it was eight o'clock kickoff and it was quarter two. So I missed the first five minutes. And then I listened to the commentators for 40 minutes say how terrible Arsenal were. Now, <laughs> you know, Actually, I must have thinking... the same commentators. I was on, um, I found it on ESPN of all stations. I thought, fuck, mate. Um, so ESPN and that, they were, you know, American commentators, but yeah, they were they were very very negative towards Arsenal for the first probably forty minutes as well. So, and and all I was watching Tez, and we were under the cosh from a team with a, a great home support. I mean, you know, Portsmouth are one of those teams that wasn't was in the Premier League not too long ago. Uh, you know, finances fucked them up and they found themselves, you know, like a lot of clubs, shipping two or three divisions. But they were a Premier League side. They won the FA Cup fairly recently. They were in the final quite recently. Their crowd, it's a small ground, the crowd were right behind them. And of course, these are, are tricky ties. I mentioned on last week's podcast, I've been at Arsenal, you know, we got knocked out by Wrexham, who were in the, the bottom tier of, of the Football League uh, one year, York the following year. You know, we, we've had terrible times in this third year, but we're Arsenal, we want to win the Africa. We're away from home at a tricky tie. It's got banana skin written all over it. It's the worst <laughs> you could possibly hope for. And they were really good, uh, Portsmouth. They were really yeah. good. They really went for us. Yep. And what did we do? We kept the ball, we kept passing it. That's what I kept hearing. We're passing it backwards, we keep passing it back. But we retained possession better than any Arsenal side for the last two years you know under Emery we could never do that we just conceded possession and I just thought last night we kept it and we kept it and kept it and we worked them and worked them and worked them and then finally you know look at the statistics I think our passing completion was something like 87% in the first half and 89 in the second something like that it was ridiculously it it would be up there yeah and, yeah, and we just passed them to death 
and eventually they just faded because we were much better than them. I thought it was it was a joy to behold yesterday in the second half when all of those young kids, right until the 93rd minute, were still chasing and chasing and chasing and working for each other and playing the simple ball. And, and all of them were a delight to watch yesterday. And I just thought, that's a glimpse of where we are. That's the glimpse of our future. That's the future, yeah. yeah. Now, and look, and that's why I like the... Um, and I'm going to get on to it a bit because I did, I did hear a couple of people talking about the FA Cup and the prestige of the trophy and and you know there's been lots of lots of um, uh, things going around would you would you prefer Europa League trophy or, or an FA Cup trophy and where's this put Arsenal this year there's, there's lots of questions right but this is why I enjoy the FA Cup okay I don't know a lot about uh, Portsmouth but I know the prestige of them and like when I say the prestige the prestige of the what the cup means for a team like Portsmouth you know they're playing at home in front of what 20,000 fans and and you know Arsenal's come and come come to play and I'd imagine it'd be it'd be a great day out of football and and that's why I like the FA Cup um, because I you know you get to see these teams that I, I don't see them on TV because we don't get it but it, it shows me the history of what you guys have um, in in England, where these teams could win and could could come up. You know, they get to come up against Arsenal, they get to come up against your Liverpool's, Chelsea's, and things. And and that, it means a lot to me when you see teams like this. Um, but and getting on to my next question is, I did see lots of tweets. Uh, uh, same old Arsenal actually tweeted it out, good boys over there. Um, today they're talking about the FA Cup, and, and you know there's lots of fans saying that that you know if we win an FA Cup, uh, you know, what does that mean to you? Well, I, it probably doesn't mean a lot for international fans, Darren, but it it probably means a lot to you guys at home. Well, it should mean a lot to to our international fans. I've said this, you know. I, obviously, I lived in India for the last, you know, five years or so, or four and a half years, uh, and I, I've said this many times on the podcast that I run in in India. Is that? I mean, I think there's a generational thing. I don't think it's a geographical thing. When I was a kid, there wasn't much football on. You know, I mean, these days, every game you want to see, you can see, whether it be from a, an internet stream or television, all of the big companies cover football and you can you can pay for it pretty much every game you want to see. I come from a generation where, you know, we, we, would, we would very rarely have a live game. The only live game that was on in a year, and I, make, I know this makes me sound really old, but I'm not that old in the scheme of you know football things. But there was only one live game a year, and that was the FA Cup final. Uh, so it was such a big deal because we didn't have live football. And this went on for a long time. I'm not talking about you know back in the day when when I was, you know when it's just people wearing flat caps and uh, <laughs> you know, it was all yeah, in yeah. black and white. I'm yeah. talking about for, for you know all through the 70s and 80s, there wasn't a lot of live football. Uh, um, the 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 year we won the the uh, the one at the match at Anfield, uh, you know, to win the title two 0 in 1989, that was a very rare live game of football. 
to 89. So that's not that far. You know. So so the FA Cup was everything. It was the big thing. And the TV companies, both, we only had, we only had uh, two main channels in those days on television, and both of them took it seriously. So, so from first thing in the morning, you'd see the players leaving. You'd, you'd see them getting on the coach. Then they'd have games. It's a knockout. You know, uh, whoever was playing, Liverpool versus Manchester United. It was always a big deal, and all every kid that was growing up in those days, and and all the players now, you know, or the players from the last ten years, would also get brought up with this experience of the FA Cup. So it was a huge competition. Now I understand now we have football to death. You know, the Champions League is huge, the Europa League's on telly. You know, every every match is on television. We're, we're, we've got so much football that, of course, it's lessened the impact of the FA Cup. It's become a lesser trophy. You know, however. Arsenal Football Club and most football clubs can only win a couple of trophies. You can win the league. Well, that ain't going to happen for most teams, especially this year, the way Liverpool have gone about it. Uh, uh, Most teams aren't in Europe. So that leaves the FA Cup and the League Cup to win. That's all we're playing for. Or fight, and most teams are fighting relegation. Uh, so this is such, for me, a big opportunity to win a trophy. And throughout my life, you know, we should be proud of Arsenal. We've won the trophy more than anybody else. We've won the trophy this century six times. Yep. You know, it's a, it's a trophy that we should be proud of. And, you know, why not try and win it? I don't see why people don't get excited about it. It's a great day out of Wembley, and I know that's as a, an English thing, and I know we only get 20,000 tickets, so I'm lucky enough, you know, one of my favourite games in the last 50 years was our last win against Chelsea. Chelsea had won the league, we weren't expected to turn up, you got 50,000 Arsenal fans singing their asses off, and the team turned up and we won the FA Cup. Enjoy it. What's the point of fucking winning at home against Newcastle and, you know, winning away at Leicester City? <laughs> win the fucking FA Cup. Finish fucking six. Finish 10th, don't care, let's have a trophy. Oh, yeah. Look, I think, and I'm going to do it with you boys as well, the um, Gooner to Gooner, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I said one of my uh, highlights was, you know, obviously the three FA Cup trophies, 2013, 2013-14 um, with Wenger. I, I said it was a real highlight for my season that year because of that, there's the first trophy that he'd won in probably 10 years and I know it's it's an FA Cup trophy and people go oh fuck it's only an FA Cup fuck mate we won three of the cunts give me fucking give me more of them I don't care like if we go on this year and we're knocked out of Europa League we don't make the top four but yet we win an FA Cup trophy don't I, look I'm not going to be jumping off the walls but I'm going to be happy that the boys won a trophy and yeah that shit mob down the road test Tottenham what would they give for a fucking FA Cup win? <laughs> Seriously, what they would win. I think their last trophy was a League Cup, yeah. which has always been, you know, since Wenger took over anyway, it's always been the minor competition, the League Cup. And yeah. I still say try and win it. It's a fucking competition. Absolutely, let's try and win it. But Spurs have won that one. They haven't won an FA Cup for fucking years. They would die for an FA Cup. Mm. So would West Ham. So, you know, it, it is, well, it's a trophy. There's only fucking three we're going for domestically. We're not going to win the League. Fucking hell, what's the point of, you know, that we got a lot of criticism under Wenger because, you know, the top four was a trophy. And now we realise what a great job Wenger did keeping us in the top four all that time. But what's the point of getting into the Champions League anyway when we're not good enough at the moment and we get our arses kicked? Let's fucking get to Wembley. Let's win the FA Cup. It'll be a great fucking day out and it'll be another trophy. Ugh. 
I, I, no and, brain and, I, and, and what, what, what people don't also realise, Darren, is, and I've, I listen to quite a few podcasts as well and different interviews and that with different players. Um, I heard, uh, I'm going to go back to the A-League because it was on Fox Sports, so you boys wouldn't have got it, right? So he was a Wanderers player. He used to play in the Premier League for Sutherland and, and different. I can't remember his name now. But anyway, it was really interesting how he was talking about um, the, the pressure of social media and the pressure of Twitter and, and Facebook and, and even emails and all this. You, you can't go to the pub and have a beer because if you lose a game, you know, you're going to get fucking annihilated by fans. And he, and he was saying that, but to win a, a trophy like an FA Cup or a, or a League Cup or something, that means the world to them because as a player because he knows that, okay, he played in the Premier League for, I think it was Sutherland, Sutherland and yes. he was never going to win the Premier League. So no. <laughs> it, was, it was just, and I only bring it up because it was, it opened my eyes to actually see on how, how much it means to these players. And, and, you know, you talk about West Ham and even Arsenal, like they go on to win a trophy. Like players there... Mate, they'd be fucking so grateful to win that trophy, and and even if it is an FA Cup. Cheers, my I'm I'm from um, northeast. I'm just uh, I'm I'm from Essex, which is to the northeast of London, uh, and I come from a town called Harlow, which is a very much a Spurs town. Um, you know, growing up, it was mainly Spurs, and then West Ham, which is one of the nearest big clubs. Uh, there was a few Arsenal about, um, lots of Liverpool because Liverpool were the dominant side in in you know school days when I was going to school. Um, a lot of Manchester United fans because there always is. Uh, but I've got three really good friends who are West Ham fans. who are season ticket holders this year, and they still when we when we're all in a pub on a Saturday night every now and again, and the football when we get onto football like we always do, and they still bring up 1980 when they beat Arsenal 1-0 in the final. That's still their big fucking. That's 40 years ago, mm-hmm. 40 years ago, and they're and they're still banging on about it because that was the highlight for them. West Ham, you know, it's not a small club, uh, and uh, but this is that was them. They beat the mighty Arsenal. In uh, Trevor Book, Brook in Edda, in in 1980, and uh, you've who got to that, remember. Who was that team Trump. you said again? West Ham United. Oh no! Before you said you was from South South. I'm I'm from North Northeast. Oh, North, uh, I'm from Essex. Okay. So I'm from a town yeah. called Harlow. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I don't live there anymore. But that's where I'm from. That's where my mates are from, and and, and you know that's my my home. But it's that's, just it's a Tottenham town. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The player I was talking about, um, and you might you might know him. I didn't see much of him. Simon Cox. Uh, no, no, Tony would know everyone. He, He's got he, a, he played for West Brom, Nod, Nottingham Forest, Reading, Bristol City. Uh, but anyway, he's now at the Wanderers and he's only had a couple of games, but they had an interview with him. And, and it was interesting, like I say, to, to listen to his story of, of you know, he wasn't in big clubs in England, but probably West Brom was the biggest club he was at. But it was interesting just to hear his stories on um, on 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 like we're talking about minor trophies and different things. It means a lot to these players. So. Yeah, stop saying fucking minor trophy. It's only fucking three. What do you want? Fucking minor trophy. What do you call it? There's only three. 
Okay, a trophy. <laughs> okay. You know what? As I say, I don't get it. There's the league, which is won by, you know, we've won the league three times in the last uh, decade, in this century, yeah? Uh, is it? No, not even that. Twice Hasn't this century, it. I guess. Uh, Last century, yeah. Do you know, it's, it, it, that ain't going to happen every week. No. I think on average in my lifetime, we've won the league title about once every nine years. Uh, you know, it, but my my friends down the road at Tottenham have never won it in my lifetime, and I'm <laughs> fucking old. My West Ham mates have never won it in their lifetime, you know, in my lifetime. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, the, the title is only won by a handful of clubs. The FA Cup is a chance for all of us. It's a cup competition. Like I said, it's a cup competition. You can get lucky. You can get... To the, I think you know we were called back in the seventies and eighties. We were called lucky Arsenal because I think back in the thirties we won it without getting drawn outside of London. You know you can get lucky. You can get you can draw shitty teams at home uh, and get through and win it. It's it, it's it can be lucky, but generally it gives you a great final and a great day out. Oh, just did love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, now I want to talk about because um, uh, we're not going to go through every different fucking. FA Cup and you know the whole game and you're right Lee because look it's not because it's a minor trophy <laughs> it's, it's because <laughs> I don't want to get hung up on them two on, on you know one was a good game one was a shitty game but I want to talk about uh, I'm just trying to find it here so so obviously the Premier League um, our top four ambitions now now we're out of Europa League Darren I I did do an article the other week, and I keep referring back to it, but it's blown out of the water now because there were some results that didn't go in favour last week, um, which was good for us. Where do we put our top four ambitions now? I don't think it's changed you know, for, for, for the last two months, uh, three months even. Uh, we need to put a run of four or five wins together, and we will be there or thereabouts. Uh, the the fact is that we haven't managed to do that. We didn't do it under Emery at all, and since Arteta's been in charge, we are now we now have the possibility to do it. I think what we won three on the chop. Have we won three, two, mm, three? Three, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and we have an opportunity. Um, I looked through. Uh, I think Tony questioned this, but I double checked. I looked through the fixtures when we were playing Newcastle three games ago, mm. and over the next six uh, matches. Uh, the next six weeks it's freaky that all of our competitors not every week but are playing each other and we are avoiding them you know there was like a six match run and we've seen the the benefits of that this weekend is another perfect uh, thing so uh, uh, Spurs drop points, uh, Manchester United drop points, Everton drop points because they're playing Chelsea, each other Chelsea, Chelsea was the one result that I didn't pick 2-2 against Bournemouth yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously, I mean Chelsea drop points, yeah, yeah, yeah know, Chelsea it's... drop points. But look, not that it's, and I'll get on in a second because I want to talk about yeah with the Invincibles. But Watford, you know, beating Liverpool, like that's a, it's not, it doesn't do much for the table, but. It, oh, mate, it's, <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring it up. We have to talk about it. We, we have uh... to talk about it, but but you know, there's games that, and Liverpool just got beaten this morning by uh, Chelsea. I'm trying to think, was that a Liverpool didn't put out a big team though? Did, oh yeah, man, I. Yeah, man, I, yeah, Salah. I watched the game. Yeah, it was, yeah, a, yeah. It was a proper. They put out a full time. Well, they put a couple of kids in. Yeah, so so like you know, is this is this the the Liverpool? Are we seeing a bit of a you know the the pointy end of the planes pointing down to the ground at the moment? They've lost a couple on the trot now. Um, They've lost three because they lost to Atletico Madrid as well. Atletico, that was the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah, in the Champions League. So. 
Um, Liverpool, Liverpool are an outstanding side. Uh, winning every game is incredible, and their record over the last twelve mon- months is just is second to none. You know, really, it's an incredible record because even when we were going unbeaten, we drew a lot of games. Liverpool beaten near enough everyone, but it's almost incredible that. Uh, a team can go so long unbeaten because of the nature of football. Olympiacos, Arsenal, the better teams don't always win. Uh, And, you know, you have freaky games of football and the Watford Liverpool one wasn't one of these, but you have freaky games of football where a team will, you know, the better team will hit the post six times, the opposition goalkeeper will have a worldie, you know, and and then the the, the, the one team will just sneak up the other end, have one shot on goal and it'll go in. That happens in football. You can look back you know all the time that happens that's why bookmakers are so fucking rich because you <laughs> your banker gets beaten every week you know who would have put Chelsea getting beaten or not winning at Bournemouth who would have put Watford beating Liverpool uh, but it's football if it was easy pre- to predict then you know <laughs> we'd all yeah. be rich well, well this so week for me was, yeah well this week for me look we've got like, and I'm just looking at the fixtures there now. So Liverpool, Bournemouth, okay. Don't worry about Liverpool too much. But the interesting ones for me, Chelsea, Everton, Man United, yep. Man City, Leicester yep. and Austin Villa. Well, Leicester are dropping like a stone. I think they've won one in ten. Uh, 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 it's only that, that wonderful run of form that they had, um, you know, just before we still had Emery playing for us. It was that period. I think they won nine on the trot. And that took them away from everyone. And that's what I'm talking about. If you can put a run together, but they've won, I think, one in ten. I think they're they're dropping like a stone, but they've, they've got the points in the bag, so no mm. one's really catching them. But their form is worrying. They they lost at Norwich last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, their form you know, they is lost worrying. a couple of big games, but they've, they lost at Norwich last week. Um, Man and, United, uh, Man in, City. Like, are we, 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 we on Man City to beat United? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're not going to catch Manchester City, but we can catch Manchester United. Well, we need to catch. Yep. We need to catch two of, you know, Leicester or three of Leicester, Manchester United, Manchester City, Tottenham, Sheffield United, Wolves. Mm. Uh, and well, at the Sheffield moment, United, Norwich. So, and we're on we're on Everton to beat Chelsea. Well, I don't think it matters. I just, I mean, probably. Chelsea yeah. are well, slightly Chelsea ahead, 45 so. points and Everton's well down 11th on 37. So we're in front yeah. of Everton. So, yeah, I'd like Everton to beat, to beat Absolutely, Chelsea. Absolutely, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Everton to beat Chelsea. Um, you know, Everton had a big new manager bounce, didn't they? They won three or four on the trot under... I think they got 17 points out of their... Uh, uh, seven, yeah, something like that. 21 since he took over until last weekend so you know he did really well but yeah you're right we've got to catch Chelsea we've got over Chelsea or Tottenham Sheffield United Wolves Wolves are one that scare me they're in incredible form but they're still in the Europa League so maybe mm. that'll fuck them up and tie them out <laughs> do you know uh, I'm just thinking Chelsea are going to have a free fun. run because they're going to be out of uh, the right. Champions League yeah so I was just looking at Wolves so they, they, they so I was just looking at what games they got so they got Brighton uh, they've got West Ham coming up. You know, they've got Austin Villa. They've, they've got a good little run. Um, yeah. And the issue, Tess, right. is what I'm saying is that but we, we have got to put April. a run of four or five together and we haven't done that all season. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue is that, you know, we've got West Ham coming up then. Uh, uh, I think we're going to... No, we got... Have you seen our fixtures? I know oh, that sorry, we're in the middle. I know we're going to Southampton in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, so we've got obviously West Ham up 
uh, this week. Exactly. Um, we've got Brighton, Southampton, Norwich, Wolves, Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool. That's a, that's three games there that I worry. Four games that I worry about. Let me yeah, repeat okay, that. So, Wolves, Leicester, is, Tottenham, Liverpool. Yeah, but the point is, if you look at our last three games, Newcastle. Uh, I can't even think who we New, played New in the last Ca- Newcastle, Everton, and uh, Newcastle, Everton. Oh, Man City got postponed, that's right. Um, Burnley, we drew. Newcastle would beat 4 0. Everton, 3 2. And that's it. And then West All right, so we've won. We've got two there, and our next three, you'd like to think if we're going to put that run together, then. West Ham, Brighton, Southampton. If we win those three games, which we haven't done all season, but if we win those three games, we've put together a run of five points. And then when we had that fucking month where we've got Tottenham, you know, Liverpool, Manchester City, when we've got that, at least we'll be there or thereabouts playing with yeah. some confidence. That's the hope. That's you it. know that that's I'm not it. saying that's gonna happen. That's the hope. That's the only chance. Well, West Ham, Brighton, Southampton, Norwich, I'd like to think that's, you know, three points each game in the back. It has to be coming if we're up going to Wolves. qualify for top. Yeah, three. coming up against Wolves, mate. Uh, you know, confidence, and hopefully we can get get a job done. And look, if we do win, I agree. If we do win, uh, you know, uh, I looked at it again last week after me, you, and Tony were talking about. You know, we'll be thereabouts if we go on for a win. We will be. We will be thereabouts. So um, now that these other teams have dropped points, we're okay. Premier League can sneak in the top four. So. Let's hope. Yeah, I just want to touch quickly on before we go to questions. Um, oh, fuck, been, I forgot we got questions. Yeah, I know. There's been, <laughs> there's been lots of talk about um, uh, transfers. Uh, are you in the opinion um, Abemian and Lacazette are out, the win- are out the door? I just don't see that as a club with their trans- with their. You know, we made a big statement that players two years left on their contract will either have to sign or be sold. So, you know, we've gone past that. We're coming up to the stage where we have to live and die by that promise. And if they sign new contracts, you know, great. But it doesn't look like it. You know, it, it just doesn't look like it. They're both getting towards the end of their careers. They've got one more transfer left in them. And I'm sure they're going to want to be playing Champions League football. If we can maybe sneak into that top four, they may reconsider. But uh, I think it, it, it is crucial. And I don't even blame them. Adebayor joined us because he wanted to be playing at the very top end of, of world football. He wanted to be winning the Champions League, at least competing for it. And he's not. You know, uh, and, you know, at 28, 29, do you want to stay in London, you know, and enjoy your football, enjoy the money? Plus, the other thing is, if we're going to sign them, they're going to want Ozil-style wages. And when you've got Enketier and and um, all the young kids that played last night coming through, who are all on 30 and 40 grand a week, do you really want to screw your wage structure up? Don't think so. Mm-hmm. What about yeah, you? Do you think they could be here next year? I, I, look, I, I, I don't think so. I think Lacazette wants out the door already. I don't think he's he's he hasn't been happy since Emery um, was was you know managing Arsenal. Now Arteta's come in. I, I get the feeling, and don't get me wrong, I think it's good what Arteta's doing. He comes across to me like he's a no nonsense guy. It's fucking yeah. my way or the highway, buddy. 
And that's I like that because I don't. Where I think Emery, that's very obvious with Maitland Niles. Yeah, yeah, Maitland Niles. But where Emery was seemed to be, he had favoritisms. Where I like, I like this little fella, you know. I like Wendoozy, and and I. So uh, that's the difference I see there already. And I like what Arteta's done, mate. You're the boss. That's that's the way it is. So I think Lacazette's out the door. Abemyang's an interesting one for me. I think. I would love to keep him. Um, however, and this comes on to my next question, is finances now with Europa League out the window. Um, yes, OK, if we get top four, I'd imagine the finances will come back up again. But where does this put... What strain does this put on Arteta's summer plans now? Um, is it, you know, is it, are we led to believe on reports? Uh, uh, has he got no money for transfers? Does he have to sell these players to actually have a transfer budget. This comes around every time, Darren, but how much did we spend last summer? Like, I, yeah, I think I think we took a big gamble last year, didn't we? We, we? we gambled this year's budget on getting into the Champions League this season. Mm. You know, so we, we spent what we had and we spent, you know, this summer coming up's budget to try and make ourselves strong enough to get through to the Champions League. And it's, you know, it's backfired a little. We're out of the Europa League and we're fucking 10th in the table. The uh, They allowed the previous manager, you know, to invest that. Arteta will know when he joined the club what he's got available. And I think they will try to make some funds available. But I think the sale of, there's a few players worth a few quid that he may need to sell so he can invest again. But he's also very, very lucky that he's got some really good kids. Well, that was my next uh, thing I was going to say. You don't forget, like, okay, apart from Pepe, who was a big, big chunk of the, the, the transfer budget last summer, we've got Edu running around, and as we know, Edu's uh, pedigree. I'd, I'd, I would think he he was he was Guendouzi type of he he knew something about Guendouzi, uh, definitely Martinelli. And who who other Brazilian kids and different kids of is Edu looking at? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's it's a good one that you bring on Martinelli because you know this is where we talk about Lacazette's. You know, this and I'm not talking for me, but you opened talking about Lacazette and how shit he is. Now people are saying how shit he is. Um, you know, and, and and I'm sort of trying to say, look, he doesn't go from being the player of the year to being the worst player in the world. You saw with Martinelli when he, you know, he had a few good games and everyone's saying he's the, the next best thing in the world. Then he doesn't play for a few games and we don't really miss him. And you watch last night, him, Nelson uh, and Ketia. You saw, I was saying I was so excited to see them, but you also saw their shortcomings last night. You know, Martinelli was playing against the uh, defenders who are in two leagues below him, and he didn't, mm, you know, take right. the piss. They they had him in his pocket for a, a long time. He worked his nuts off, loved watching him play, but him, you know, he didn't have a, an, a, an outstanding game. He hasn't had an outstanding game. That doesn't mean he's shit. <laughs> you know, it just means that he's an 18-year-old kid that, that Edu has spotted, and I hope there's two or three others, because that is, unfortunately, we've been out of the Champions League now for a few seasons, and if we don't get back in this year... And we've missed out. We may even miss out on European football in, in, completely. Then we have to cut our cloth accordingly. We cannot afford big signings. We will have to sell players if we want to reinvest. And I think they will because Arteta will look at that side now and he will say, right, well, I need to build my side. This isn't my side. 
Sorry, I'll just I'll just retract that. It wasn't um, Edu, of course. It was Van. Because Van was there um, with Guendouzi, so wouldn't have been. Yeah, Guendouzi. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, but you know, I, I would still think Edu is running around. Uh, you know, whatever he's doing, finding these the, these Martinelli type players, uh, which I, I'm, happy with. I'm happy with. Absolutely, absolutely, that's his job, and I hope he does bring some ex, you know some more excitement. Uh, to to Arsenal, and, and I'd imagine Pablo would be Edu's recommendation. I know he was um, Arteta had him at City or something along them lines, but I, I'd imagine he actually probably knows a bit more about about the player than we do. So yeah, um, so these pl- these little gems in the rough, mate. I'm happy to, I'm happy for him. So I, I hope I don't mind if we go on and win a win the Premier League with a couple of gems in the rough, buddy. It won't worry me at all. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's get on to some questions. Uh, MWA Gunner, and you can ask your questions at clock and underscore talk on Twitter. Uh, we usually post it up 24 hours, 48 hours uh, before we're going to record. Um, what's changed from last year that made Lacazette so bad? <laughs> <I'll move on. laughs> uh, when Tierney is Jack. Uh, when Tierney is Jack, could you Saka? Hang on, let me look at this. Tierney is Jack. Could you Saka play a left wing with a Bemiang up front if it seems he doesn't want to play Martinelli with a Bemiang? When Tierney okay, is so back, so once Tierney finds back. his place, does, yeah. does Saka go back to sort of his his place at left back? Is that what he's saying? Uh, okay. Saka, left wing, left wing, yeah, yeah. I think, mate, me personally, I think Abemyang's doing really great on the left wing. Like, hello, leading top goal scorer still. So, I don't know why people want to uh, adjust everything to fit another player in. If yeah. it's working, it's working. I just think the the, the, the key point here is if Abamyang isn't here next year, then yes, absolutely. I think Saka moves to the left. If he signs a contract, Saka will move up front to the left. Tierney, who we didn't really see a lot of, and if I'm honest, didn't really impress that much in his uh, few games that he had before injury. But the reports from Scotland are that he's an excellent player. The reports from Arsenal are that he's training extremely well. I think we he will be a proper good player for Arsenal. I really believe that. Um, from I've got a very good friend in Scotland who, who watched him a lot. Who's, who said he's just he was the best player that that, that they had up there. Celtic had up there, and he, he really I think will be okay. So in which case, all this talk about you know will Saka turn into a left back becomes redundant, and he then can go and play further forward. And I think. Uh, that's that's you know we again last night Saka was great but you could see defensively he's not the best <laughs> you know he gets caught out he's he can continue to learn and it's great that he's he's had a, a few months learning that position but I really would like to see him more as a, a Sterling Raheem Sterling that sort of role than as a as a left wing back. Well, still that's on my... still on Saka uh, Max from Ars Brothers the Ars Brothers podcast. I apologise, Max, because I thought you'd you'd hung up the hat, mate. But uh, I, I looked on the old podcast app the other day and fucking look out! Oh, Max is back with his fucking ass brothers. So um, it's ass brothers rantcast if you want to find it. So he's he's saying, how the fuck did Saka play ninety eight minutes of that game? Are you telling me at two nil it's worth leaving him on to get a fatigue based injury? What the fuck is Arteta thinking? And has Maitland Niles shagged Arteta's wife or something? <laughs> uh, 
It's, you know, there's, there's a really good point there on Maitland-Niles, you know. You you mentioned just now, Tez, that, uh, you know, Arteta is a very single-minded man. He seems to um, be very strong in his own opinions. And players, you know, he didn't play Saka. You know, he, he dropped him against, uh, was it Olympiacos or against Everton, was it? He played um, Kolasinac instead. It was only because Kolasinac got injured in the first 15 minutes or so that, that Saka came on. It's almost like when the players are being talked about as being the next best thing, he puts their feet back on the ground and leaves them out. Martinelli, everyone was saying how wonderful he was. He wasn't in the next squad, <laughs> you know, and then he was on the bench for the next two games. And, and I, I think, you know, that... Maitland-Niles has obviously, obviously said something, or his attitude has not been right. Genduzi fell out with Arteta, dropped completely from the matchday squad, um, but has obviously come back fighting and training, and he's picked in the side. Maitland-Niles has to do that now. Uh, and it shows that, yes, he probably has shagged Arteta's wife, because uh, he's right. We, he, really, he brought him on with, like... 15 seconds to go last night. And I don't know if you've ever played like, football, yeah, yeah. Tez, but there's, there's nothing worse as a substitute when your manager says, all right, get warmed up. Yeah. What are you fucking talking about? We're in injury time. Get warmed up. You're going on. Fuck off. I've got to have a wash now. Do you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, it mate, look, if I was... Uh, if I was Mike Lanar sitting on the bench and I got warmed up with 15 seconds to go, I wouldn't be thinking the manager likes me. I'd be thinking, what the fuck? Um, he, he didn't put him on there because he's shagging his wife. He put him on there because he's uh, he's saying, "Listen here, cunt, I'm the boss around here, and you're fucking going on for 15 seconds whether you like it or not." Uh, it just, yeah. it, mate, it's just for me that move was a dictator move. Which, hey, once again, I love and I like. He's the boss. He's 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 showing it the players who's boss. Yeah. I mean. Uh, who- yeah, go. I mean, who asked that question? I didn't. Who, uh, Max from who asked that question. Max from the Ask Brothers podcast. Because it's a really good question. You know, I mean, he is right. We haven't got a left back. We've got Klasnach out injured. Tierney's out injured. We've got Saka's our only left back, and he played him fucking ever mm. running up and down that line. And, yeah. and he did have a, a replacement. You know, he could have brought somebody else on. Who was and on the bench? And experience, and his substitutions have been a bit questionable. So it's it's a very very valid point. You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a very valid point. Oh, mate, and Niles, yeah, he was the only one on the bench who could play in that position. Well, Xhaka could go at left, but there's, there was options, you know what I mean? If, if you're trying to cover that, you know, Xhaka got brought on. Oh, left, take left, back, right left back's too good for Granite. Can't put him <laughs> Yeah, but he's back. been playing no. him there, hasn't he? When, <laughs> yeah, when we've had injuries yeah. there, he's slipped he, back he into left slipped back. He has yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Hakon Larson says, Mike Dean is a cunt. Oh, oh, fucking <laughs> hack on. Me and you don't always see eye to eye. I made one note before we started this podcast. I've got to talk that the referee, Mike Dean, is a complete cunt. I just never want to see him fucking manage referee one of our games again, Tez. Uh, if you think I'll get worked up about the FA Cup, fucking that Mike Dean. The commentator's got it spot on yesterday. He fucking booked Genduzi because he tried to take a free kick when we got fouled, tried to take a quick free kick quickly twice and then on the third time sarcastically put the fucking ball down right in front of him and got booked for it and yet two minutes later one of our players gets taken out absolute professional foul just to just took his legs away and Mike Dean just lets it as goes as a free kick no booking he's a cunt he's always been a cunt he'll continue to be a cunt and I don't want him to ever fucking referee one of our games ever again he is a cunt, absolutely. 
<laughs> I'm not going to get worked up like you, but yeah, <laughs> I do. I do hear your frustration. Um, hang on, last call this week's podcast. Mike Dean is a cunt. Sorry for my language, by the way, but it is coming up to midnight and I'm fucking tired and I've got to get up in six hours and we're fucking talking about Mike fucking Dean because that's what he likes. He likes everyone talking about him. <laughs> he does, he does, he does, he does. Um, okay, Hakon Larson, uh, Maitland-Niles, and we don't have to answer all these because we've touched on a few. Maitland-Niles seems out of favour because of poor work ethics and mentality. Do you think Maitland-Niles will turn it around? Seems like Arteta has been... A fear regarding what he says and give the opportunity to players who work hard and listens. I absolutely look, I agree, he does. For me, Arteta, and I've said it a couple of times on this show, I like what I see in Arteta. The fucking player, I don't care whether you're on 25 fucking pounds a week or 350 pounds a week, he's the boss. You listen to what he says or you don't say or you don't get fucking game time and I like that in a manager I you know uh, people say the same for Mourinho like he but but you don't get the shit you know these managers they they know how to manage players and that was my biggest fear for Arteta like Emery came in he'd fallen out well we hear fall out with Ozil when he was at PSG he fell out with Neymar you know he did doesn't know how to manage man manage players and things like if Arteta's Setting the boundaries, mate. He's setting the boundaries, and these players got to work hard to get his attention. So I like it. Jose, Jose Mourinho, the Mike Dean of football management. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only other manager I could think of that that you know he has that real I'm a cunt, you do as I say type of. You know what I mean? Like he he doesn't let players walk all over him. No. I mean, look, Maitland-Niles has got a look at that last night. I mean, and we don't know the background. We don't know. No, we don't know if he's exactly. been injured. We don't know if if he's struggling for form. We don't know if he's struggling for fitness. We don't know. We just perceive by seeing the team selections and the lack of uh, of minutes that he's getting that there is an issue. And, and I think the manager has mentioned that everyone's got a clean slate and everyone has to work hard and he will pick players based on their work rate. So Maitland-Niles has got to look at that last night and look at all of his mates he grew up with, who he was ahead of a year ago. Um, he grew up with all of those in the in the youth side, and he's got to look at that last night and think, what, where have I fucked up? Because he was he had he had 30, 40 games under his belt, where most of those weren't even in the first team squad. And we've got a manager now that is happy to play these kids and give them their, their chances. So he's really got to either think, right, I want out of this club this year, which is possible, or he's going to work to try and get back. But the thing is, other managers in other clubs will also look at his attitude now and question it. And he really does need to make some decisions. And look, I'm a big Hector Bellerin fan, but he's had a huge year out with a very serious injury and he hasn't looked his old self at all since he's been back. No, that's right. And I hope he rediscovers his form and I hope he becomes the player that he he could, he could he looked at one year time that he could become. Mm. But Maitland-Niles could have looked at that position and it really is up for grabs. And his attitude must be really poor because he hasn't got a look in. Last night, Socrates was played instead of him. Mm-hmm. You know, so... It's a big, big time for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. It's a big, big couple of months ahead for him. Uh, Hakon says, and I'm just trying to understand this, um, what will happen in Pablo's Premier League debut? Own goal, red card, or he scores a goal, 
or a very bad mistake leading to a goal for the opponent. It's a curse, and he won't have a debut without any of these options. <laughs> Fucking hell. Can we just go, he'll score a goal, because that was the only positive thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was looking for a positive one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he scores a goal. Yeah, I'm doing that. I thought um, he looked, uh, we haven't really talked about his debut last night. Uh, I thought he looked very accomplished, very assured, and having a left-sided, uh, left-footed player in a in a in our back four on the left-hand side of the, the the central defenders, he just looked very accomplished, just looked very comfortable. Yeah, well, there was Horsa Marble said uh, Mary looked good as as did Eddie. Uh, Eddie being positioned as long-term lacquer or a Bamiang replacement. I fear a Bamiang could join another English side. She's no, surely not. Uh, United need strikers, and despite their woos, are doing better at the moment. Is a move within the Premier League for him feasible? I, I don't think he moves to another Premier League club. I, I, I think he likes um, the country where he is, but you know, probably the party life and things. But for me, I think PSG are going to be looking at somebody, and I wouldn't be surprised if he heads over to Paris for a bit of a party life and a retirement over there. Like, and he'd be on really big money. Um, I don't know if anyone else would take the risk, would they, at his age? Well, you know, I mean, we live in a world where there isn't any loyalty and we love the players and they don't love us back, you know. They've kissed a badge and then next, the following week they yeah, go and play yeah, for somebody else, yeah. Robin Van fucking Percy. <laughs> uh, but I, I can't see it. He does seem to have an affection with the fans. I, I can't see it, but then I've been disappointed before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robin Van well, he won't. I can't see him going back to Germany. Um, but it'll be Spain or, or France for me, and and where else is Spain? Maybe, maybe, you know, Barcelona are eventually going to need a replacement for Suarez. So, possibly. Just on the start that question, he made and mentioned Eddie and Ketia um, last yep. night. I made a statement on this podcast about three or four weeks ago, and it's funny how you can, you know, I I, I speak as I find, and uh, I'm generally very positive, and I. I was very surprised when Lacazette was getting so much shit and I said, look, Eddie is just nowhere near ready to fill the boots of, of Lacazette. Nah. Do you know what? I watched him last night. They were hammering balls into him. His first touch has improved so much since I last saw him live a year or two back. Mm. Uh, and I thought the goal he scored, which that commentator, the commentator was so poor last night. Uh, the commentator said, um, got a lucky bounce. When you look at that in slow motion, the ball is hammered at him and he manages to control it in his run and still managed to, to, to get a little shot away and nick it in the goal. I was hugely impressed with Eddie Leslie. He came back, he held the ball up better than any Arsenal forward, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe included. Uh, the best I've seen anyone hold the ball up this season. Terrific, terrific performance. Really impressed. Uh, Jay says I'm really concerned about who will replace Ozil with um, <laughs> me <laughs> have, don't matter <laughs> we have always lacked creativity quality in the middle when he was he's not playing in reality with our budget who can we get to help us to fill his shoes most realistic transfer target you can think of uh, look I'm just going to I'll answer that very quickly for me Ozil and I know I've said it I think I've said it in the past that maybe Ozil will go but now I'm looking at things and thinking, 
I think his contract just runs out. I don't know if if a uh, what's the Turkish club who were after him. Um, some Spore or Fenerbahce, uh, Fenerbahce yeah, this time. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know if they take the risk. And we speak. We were talking last. Well, I don't know if it was during a pod or after it. Um, that he'd be like a marquee player for them, and, and and you know it's like like a country buying a player. Like it brings everything to that football league. I don't know if like where's that put. What position does that put Ursel in? I, I would nearly think the MLS because yeah, okay, you're in America, it's getting lots of traction. Like at the end of the day, like like China, who's who's watching the, the Chinese Super League? What's that do yeah. for him as a player? Um, that's, Chase, I don't that's think what money. I, think. I don't think the next move will be for money, but I think you're right. It will see out his contract. And I said that I flippantly called him a cunt. I like having Ozil back in the side. I like, uh, you know, I've always thought he's a he's a lovely player to watch. I just don't think he's been as good as uh, as as we hoped well, he was well, going yeah. to be. Yeah. Uh, but he's on, you know. Whether it's three hundred thousand a week, four hundred thousand a week, we don't know. We know it's a lot of money, and no one in Turkey is going to be able to afford that unless we pay his wages. And why would we? It's not like he's a, a um, an Alexis Sanchez at Manchester United, uh, where they just need him out, needed him out of the club because he was bad influence. Mm. You know, uh, the same with Mkhitaryan for us. Maybe he wasn't. You know, the, it, it, it was dragging people down. It was keeping people out of the side. Um, Özil. It, it, it's not a bad influence. Ozil is never in the press causing problems. Uh, he's living in London. He's earning a fortune. I'm sure he'll be here for one more year. And let's use him. You know, let's use him. Yeah, yeah. And look, uh, just realistically, he's thinking like, if 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 this does happen, the next part of his question was who realistically will fit in the budget. Uh, I'm still trying to work out Arteta a little bit. Like, okay, I've, I've uh, you know, is is it the exact blueprint? Um, as Pep at, at Manchester City, or are we, or are you seeing something a little bit different? Because if if it's the exact blueprint, well, for me, it's got to be somebody like, and and who the players are like, really, like Kevin De Bruyne, like you know, it's it's got to be a City type midfield if that's the type of tactics um, Arteta is going to bring in Arsenal. And I'm not saying you, you know, fucking good luck trying to find another Kevin De Bruyne, but you know what I mean. Like it's got to be what fits Arteta's mould, and I'm still trying to work out a little bit of what Arteta's mould is at the moment. Like I'm seeing a bit of, you know, a lot of attacking, free-flowing football, which is good, and I like seeing that. Um, but he's improving individual players, so does that mean he's going to? You know, continue to work on improving your Gwendozies, your Granites, uh, your Mustafis, and things like. That. And do we need another an, an Urzel replacement? I, I don't know. I don't know. If Urzel goes two, today, two, like, what do you do? There's, there's, there's two things based on what you said there, Tez. That one, he looks like he's uh, uh, somebody who's working on the training field. His his training sessions must be quite good because the players seem to be enjoying their football again. I mean, that's a that's a big part. The players seem to be working for him. They really enjoy playing football. But Manchester City spent a shitload of money to get to where they are and we don't have it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. he is no way going... I mean, if we're going to get a Kevin De Bruyne, it's going to be someone that's under the radar that Eddie or somebody can find because we're mm. not going to be able to spend £100 million on him. Yeah, Especially no. with no exactly. Champions League football. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you did mention that. <laughs> Hack on Larson says, uh, "What do you guys think? It's the most important. Att- uh, what do you guys think of the most important attribute att- attribute uh, uh, for a modern day centre back?" <laughs> um, yeah, got us thinking now. Oh, look. Yeah. Um, Composure. I, I, I'm thinking of players like you know when you look at Van Dyke at Liverpool and 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 players at City and the, and the centre backs, they just know how to. I'm trying to think of what the word is. Um, well, composure, yeah, but they know how to talk to their troops, like and, and position players and. And, and, you know, like, I feel as though you need that leader on the pitch. Leader's probably the word. Leader on the, on, the, on the pitch. And for me, that's the most important one. The left back, hey, get your ass, slide across, move forward, you know. It just sometimes when you see Arsenal, like, remember the goal against uh, Everton, that Everton scored, you know, a couple of minutes into it, and Klasenach was fucking way, way. Like, for me, if you had that that leader on the pitch, they would say, hey, back up here, buddy. Like, fuck me, what are you doing back down there? I, I feel as though we miss that at times. That, 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 that leader just commanding the troops around a little bit. We had it when, um, well, you look at, you know, past centre-backs, Tony Adams, like, true leader. Um, you know, and you can look at past centre-backs. There was leaders in amongst them centre-backs, wasn't there? Absolutely, and I think intelligence uh, is uh, is just something that's missing a bit. You know, when you're talking about Kalasnach running back ten yards behind everybody else, you know, there's there's a football know-how and a football knowledge that comes with with time, and some players have that, and some players don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, that's key. I think you're right. Leadership, composure. Um, can, can I just say though, last night, oh, do you know what I loved it? David Luiz, Mari, and Socrates hitting 50-yard diagonal balls into space. We, that was, I loved, I can't tell you how much I loved watching Arsenal last night. We had six kids under 20 working their nuts off and showing some great skill and then some real experienced old boys at the back who were playing the ball for fun. Honestly, I loved it, but we were brilliant to watch at times last night. Um, so last one on Twitter, Gunner J, and we are actually going to do a podcast on this, so we won't go into answers or anything now. He says, uh, can we have the invincible discussion from last week again? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what, did we do that after the podcast? or was that, I think it was after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he must be a, a patron <laughs> subscriber. Look, we will, we're actually going to do something like that. Uh, I think we talked about it anyway, so... Um, yeah, I think what our conversation yeah. was more about. We said we'd pick a an Arsenal eleven, uh, a best Arsenal eleven. When right. we've got an international break coming up, and we uh, a few weeks time, and we'd do a, a best a Arsenal best eleven Arsenal based 11. on what we've seen in our lives. Was that the last I think decade? Or was, it, about, was that the last? Was that not the last decade? Was that the last cent? Uh, yeah, decade or what was that last? Well, we we oh, we, we, haven't dis- haven't, we, we can haven't argue that one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> can't be the last decade. That would just be a shit team, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. Mustafi would probably make the team. <laughs> Fucking hell. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, a um, couple of last questions. Uh, these ones come through the WhatsApp chat. 
Uh, what do you think we will leave? Uh, what do you think we'll do to do leave this summer? Uh, who do you think will leave this summer uh, if we do not make Champions League or Europa League? What other chances we qualify for Champions League this season? I'm going to say, look, it's it's thereabouts. Um, I'd be hate. I'd hate to be. I'm a betting man, but I won't be putting a bet on us at top four. Um, if we get top four, mate, happy fucking days. Uh, who do I think? Yeah, I, mean, I guess the, yeah, the interesting sorry. thing is the Manchester City thing, isn't it? Because it could be top five, and top five really is is a chance. You know, yeah, top four yeah. is a little bit tough, but we yeah. can still do it. Well, we're thinking of it. You know, we've got the Manchester City game, which has been postponed. We're still going to play it. Uh, I said Tottenham, Leicester, and Liverpool, and Wolves. If we can win them five games. <laughs> fucking happy days, lads. Fucking happy days. Um, who do I think will leave? I think we discussed it. Bemiang Lacazette, I think, will go. Uh, Socrates, I'm not sure of. I've been reading. I think he's stuff out of contract there. this year, isn't he? Uh, okay. Okay. I think. Um, I think he signed on a two year deal. I'm not sure, though. Yeah. Tony would know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about him. Um, Staffy, I think, will stay now, to be, be honest. I think yeah. he seems happy now. Um, Ozil, I said, I think we'll we'll see at his contract, which Arsenal probably won't want. But hey, you signed him up on that deal a few years back, so you're not going to get fucking nothing back for him. I think that. Who else do you think? Oh, oh Mikatarian, I think will leave. El Nani will definitely go. Um, that plays out on loan. Yeah, I'd, I think that'd be about it. Trying to yeah, I think it's a conversation for. Yeah. For a, you know, for a quiet footballing, non-footballing week, in it. When we yeah, go we can we can do that later. Uh, mate, uh, Kevin says his mate Niles career over and over now. Uh, Papa was chosen over him at right back uh, for the Pompey. We game. discussed that really yeah, in quite some depth. We did, depth. yeah. Um, Sue Shant says I asked Arteta why mate Niles has slipped down the pecking order. Sushi. Yeah, same thing. I think we've covered the Maitland-Niles Arteta situation in quite some depth. Thanks for those questions, though. Yep, yep. Uh, Why was Joe Willock slipping so much today? Did you notice that? Uh, I didn't, but I did think that he was a little... Out of all of the players, um, he's had a strange year because pre-season he was setting the world alight and looked like he was going to be a star. Played the first two games, I think, uh, which we won. Uh, Then he was dropped and hardly got back in the side again under Emery. And I think he's looking like a player that's just a little short on confidence um, and needs a run in the team. You know, he hasn't had one since uh, since that first real month of the season. Wasn't there I didn't a notice game... he was slipping over. But, but yeah, wasn't was. there a game... There was a game a few months ago, or a few weeks ago, and he was doing the same. And I think somebody mentioned... Somebody, somebody shouted on the podcast, uh, you know because I'm sure, I'm nearly 100% sure it was Willock as well, and I can't remember uh, who he played against, but it was a similar thing. I'm sure he was slipping around. Uh, might have been, yeah, I can't, I can't remember, but I, I vaguely remember. Yeah, it does ring a bell, actually. Yeah, yeah. Tells, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin says, what are your thoughts on uh, Mary's debut? Um, I think he played well, however, also, I think he's too early. it's too early for a Premier League start, he says, Kevin. Yeah, he played. He played against the team from League One, who had their two forwards uh, on the bench. So it was calm, composed. I thought he played very well. Good balance with his left foot. Good in the air. Made some decent blocks. Distributed the ball beautifully well. But it was against a low league opposition, 
Um, you know, the, the proof will be over the coming months. But, you know, as a debut goes, very good. Yeah, yeah, I, I was happy with what I saw. I thought he, he played well. Um, like I said, I, I go back to we need that real leader on the pitch and, and Mustafi isn't. Socrates, you know, showed showed ability. Um, like, you know, you'd re- you, I could notice him on the TV. He was shouting at players. Huh? Whether he was shouting the right things, I don't know. But but I still need that that real leader on on the pitch for me in the in the back. So um, that is all the questions. So thank you for everybody for your questions and those who we didn't get to. Look, we just we've already touched on it. So no I've got one quick clue. question. Yep. Where's Addy? Because now we're an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> after the start of the podcast, the yeah, accurate time. And he did say only two hours before the podcast started that he was going to join us. I know. I was looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whatever happened to Addy? So I've got, I got no idea. Um, okay, that's it from us. We will return after the West Ham game. Yeah, that's Sunday Saturday afternoon afternoon for you boys, Sunday morning for me. So we'll return after that. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Also, a big shout-out to our Patreon subscribers. You guys are awesome. I've noticed uh, heaps of them coming through lately, and we also have prizes and giveaways. I think we did say... Uh, I'll have to double check but I'm pretty sure it's after the Brighton game we're actually going to draw a piece of Tony mentioned no 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 some fucking tile or brick or something in the wall that's at the Emirates Stadium I've got got no idea what it is but um, that's one of the prizes anyway so just join up very cool prize yeah yeah apparently it's a cool thing but I'm a long way from it so I haven't seen it so okay thanks buddy Cheers, Ted. It's always a lot of fun. It is, mate. It is. It was really... Sorry for talking too much, but I can't help myself. I it's just right, can't help myself. I just worry about you. You know, you're over there, and you're, it's like what 11:30 in the in the night, and you got to get up in a few hours. I worry about that sleep, mate. Yeah, the problem is, Ted. Now I'm all wound up, all excited. I don't want to go to bed now. I'm going to go and pour myself a very large drink and enjoy myself. <laughs> You'll probably have dreams about Mike Dean. <laughs> oh. You don't finish on that note. Don't mention it. Don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Good day and good night. Bye. Cheers, Tess. Bye.